0: while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox & Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox & Hops
2: head. Cheers! And I didn't
3: want to just move for three months and then have to go back because I got, like, no visa. So that was basically all right. Sign
1: up for some school and then you get or 90
0: day fiance.
1: <laughs> K-1 yeah, visa. That well, that's the modern <laughs> version. This is back in the day when people actually had to do something to come here.
3: That's what my grandma always whispered like, yes, 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 yes. Find a
0: nice Jewish doctor. <laughs> he can take care of you and then this guitar thing will be fine. <laughs>
2: Hey, welcome to another episode of 2020. My name's Corey Paise. I'm here as always with Siobhan Cronin and Benny Goodman. What's going on, guys? Hey, Corey.
1: Hey, hey guys. Good to see you.
2: It's good to see you too. I think we're all like kind of <laughs> just like hiding under our hats because Ben, Ben always, you know, is looking. <laughs> well, very... we've we... been like in total work mode <laughs> because we're trying to
0: finish. Yeah, up, I was like, like we're at our that sponsor, Law Symphony Chapter Three. We're releasing uh, a record, ch- Chapter Three. So if you first off haven't subscribed to 2020 D go to LostSymphony.com and buy everything because chapter three is on its way and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. I was going to say we've reached, reached that point in the production process where we're all just kind of in our own scary realm. <laughs> you yeah, know, I decided
0: to be mysterious today. I figured that like I, that this way <laughs> I could like look blown out to cover up all like my the lack of fractal lasering. And then this side would be like the dark side of the moon and all you can hear is screaming. Just like when they went up to the moon and didn't even want to tell NASA that they were hearing anything because it was so fucking bizarre. They're like, they're not going to believe us. Did you know that?
1: Well, okay. Let's get to what we're (laughs) going to talk about in this episode, which is our incredible guest, Shani Kimmelman. Um, Originally from Israel, she plays with uh, Cirque du Soleil. She has a really cool story about coming to the U.S., going to Berkeley, moving out to L.A., Las Vegas. So a lot of really interesting tidbits about what it's like to you know, make a huge yeah, change in your music career. Well,
0: you fucked up how I was bringing it around because Shani is actually Sanskrit for Saturn. So we were talking about oh. space. So I just thought you should know that. It also means marvelous in Hebrew, which is what, she's from Israel. So Nun Yud is how you pronounce, uh, you, you spell it, excuse me. So it's Shani, even though it's spelled Shani,
2: Kimmelman, it's Shani. Good All right, to know, well, I'm but... sorry
1: for cutting off your story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there's some really cool stories. She's made some pretty drastic life choices that I think a lot of people would be afraid to make. So it's interesting to hear her thought process behind that and you know her experience going to music school and then uh, ultimately ending up out in Vegas. But we'll let her tell that story.
0: Can we just get right to the, the, the meat and potatoes, uh, the, the kosher meat and potatoes? Uh, we're here with Shanie Kimmelman, the one, the only, shredder extraordinaire, Shani Kimmelman. Subscribe. Hi, this is Benny Goodman. I'm here with Siobhan Cronin. Hello. And Corey Paza. Hey. And a very special guest, Shanee Kimmelman.
3: She's Yay. waving. She doesn't realize <laughs> that
0: some people just listen to this. Like my mom doesn't <laughs> want to watch me do this. So she.
3: I'm here. I'm here. Hi, everyone.
0: Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make Shanee as totally uncomfortable from the very beginning as humanly possible. You but already believe-
1: made me uncomfortable by being so like demure. I don't know what you're normally like bombastic in the opening and you're like really chill today. So I'm wondering what's what's well, waiting for us later. Well, this is out later. for
0: 2021. So I wanted to 2020 people by them okay. th- expecting something. But, my, uh, but expectation is the mother of disaster.
1: <laughs> so you're projecting your New Year's resolution to be slightly more polite. Oh, I have
0: no resolutions. <laughs> 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 My only resolution is to stop making New Year's resolutions. And I think that was my resolution a few years ago. And last year was the first time I actually stuck to that resolution.
1: (laughs) To stop. Okay. All right. Interesting. (laughs) All that said, we are so, we are so,
0: so lucky to have Shanee Kimmelman, who kind of serendipitously uh, delivered herself uh, to my inbox on Facebook, which sounds so horrible. But um, (laughs) Shanee, can you tell people how, like, we found each other?
3: Uh, so basically, I heard uh, I heard about Lost Symphony uh, back in September or October. Uh, I think like a couple of months before you guys released the uh, Chapter Two, and I got to hear from uh, David <laughs> Abruziz. That's how you pronounce. Uh-huh, yeah. It?
1: yeah.
0: It took me twenty-five years, but it's David Abruziz. You're correct. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and oh. you're not
0: even you're not even from America. We'll get into that.
3: <laughs> America. <laughs> Uh, from him uh, about like uh, because he took part uh, in a track so I got to hear that from him two months before it was released and I was blown away and then I just like happened to say happy birthday to Benny on his birthday and he sent me the link to Lost Symphony so
0: That's, I was That was
2: your mistake, you, you, made, <laughs> you made contact The crazy <laughs> part about that
3: was
0: it was I think four years to the day that David Abruziz did the exact same thing. So people were like, how do you get these people to play with you? They well, wish you David happy wished me happy birthday. And I was like, Oh, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shanique messages me. and She's like, I, I really like your band. I'm like, Oh, do you? And I go and like, look her up. And so everyone knows because Shanique may not be a household name, despite the fact that she absolutely should be um, plays for Cirque de Soleil. Michael Jackson is One of the most killer guitarists I've seen. I want to say female guitarists, but I feel like that's obnoxious. And Siobhan, you can tell me, like, you (laughs) know, female violinists, like, you're one of the best female violinists. I mean, yeah,
1: if you say it like that, it makes it sound like it's a separate category.
0: (laughs) Well, for guitar, there's many guitars going, accurate, it is a separate category. (laughs) Because there's like Neely Brosh, who, by the way, is your fucking roommate.
3: Yeah. So is. like what the
0: <laughs> fuck? It's like what first off, what's in the water in Israel? And why are they like the two best shredders on the planet that are female living together and what are you planning to do?
3: Well, that happened to me to be like like that totally by accident. Uh we have lots of like coincidences, me and Neeli. So it had happened to be that um I was living here in like, uh, I was living in a hotel, like for a long stay when I first moved to Vegas, because they just like put me there. And then I had to leave there and kind of find my own place when I just moved from LA. So I... um. I don't remember. I think I accidentally texted her, kind of like the happy birthday to Betty. <laughs> and uh, before I know it, I got That's like. That's the
2: catalyst for everything. Like, hey,
1: happy birthday so leads to
3: everything. Had to live in Vegas, and uh, how do you have a child? <laughs> we happy birthday. Just found this house, and like two days later, you know, we are roommates.
2: So, can we take it back a little bit for for people that might not be familiar with you? Uh, so, y- you were born in Israel. Yeah. And so when did you come? Wait, that's a crazy
0: accent. I've been like hitting on the girls that sell the dead sea salt forever. And I'm always like, are you from Syria? And they always (laughs) throw things at me. So it's it's an Israeli accent. It is. I thought you kept saying, hey, to me on the phone. I thought you might be Canadian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so what inspired your uh, your move over to the States?
3: Uh, Well, I wanted to be a guitarist here because there's not much to do with that in Israel. Like, it only goes so far, Um, especially like in the rock and metal scenes. So I really wanted to do it here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of like be where all my guitar heroes were, you know, which is LA.
0: So wait, you just like went from Israel? to LA because your guitar heroes are there. Can, can everyone take a moment here and, and realize how far away Israel is from the United States and how small this young lady is. The fact she could, she could barely get onto this call, but yet she got onto a plane because she wanted to rock and roll and be like her idols in LA.
1: No, for the world. I mean that's incredible and like yeah you have such an amazing story which I hope you know we will be able to you know show to everybody. But I want to hear even before you came to the United States like what it was like growing up in Israel and you, you know you mentioned there's you can only go so far. That's really interesting to me. Is it is there not a lot of interest in rock music among people and students or is it that there aren't a lot of opportunities like what do you feel was the limitation with like developing a career there? Um it's
3: basically uh like I'll answer both your questions like at the same time. So basically it's like LA, but on a way, way smaller scale. Like take all of, I don't know, West Hollywood and where everything happens. um, And you just like put it in kind of like, I don't know, Van Nuys, like all together, you know, that's kind of it, you know, but like the... The food is the same, weather is pretty much the same, and like no fires. We don't have no fires <sighs> there. The Thank but like rock is not part of the culture like it is here. And it's not like it's different type of music, not something that I personally really like was interested in.
0: You weren't down on Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem, totally. Getting your dance on to some of the EDM DJs down there in Yerushalayim?
1: I don't know of the EDM, but I did hang there for a little bit. Of course you did. (laughs) So that's interesting. So how what what sparked your interest in rock music or playing guitar specifically? Because that's so, you know, I mean, for us here, we have access to like almost everything, you know, every city, even small cities, there's rock music, there's some classical music. So how did you get exposed to it and what made you pick up the guitar?
3: Well, I had a few friends who kind of, like, introduced me to Megadeth and Tool and Children of Bottom. Yes. <laughs> I got my and then
0: he's wearing his Megadeth right now, shirt, just yeah. Because so I, I know that we both love Megadeth, so I was sucking up.
3: <laughs> yes. And um, so that's when I really want to play guitar, like, at that point. And a little bit before that, I, I accidentally, like, got to know Fear Factory and... Uh, um, on a Marth, I think uh, just like totally by accident and I didn't know like metal is a thing or
0: you know well I have to ask you so Fear Factory for those that don't know <laughs> is a very extreme metal band Um, they're awesome I love Fear Factory but like I, they're one of those bands that you'd want to see people online having a reaction to what was your reaction like when you were living in Israel the first time you heard Fear Factory and what was the song because I I just want to envision little Shani uh, sitting there in uh, Israel in the motherland listening to Fear Factory because Burton C Bell might cause some havoc.
3: <laughs> um, I don't remember which song it was. I really don't. Um, but I was like, "Oh wow, that's so cool!" And I'm gonna download like all of their albums. Sorry, like downloading is a thing in Israel, like especially or everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, so um, <clears throat> so I just, uh, that was like, at least back then, that was m- my way to also, like, listen to new bands, you know, because they wouldn't bring all those CDs to the record store when there were record stores.
2: Were you already playing guitar at that point?
3: No, um, so only when I started listening to a lot to Megadeth and uh, all those bands. Um, that's when I wanted to play guitar. And I asked my parents, like, give me, like, an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And it took me, like, a year to convince them to actually, like, get well, me. Is that, isn't that
0: part of, like, the Jewish culture? Because I know that when I was growing up, and, and I'm an American Jew, but like, if you want anything from your parents, you have to like yell at them, have a few fights, cry a bit, them yell at you. You have to have guilt. There needs to be involved, like usually a family, friend, or third party omniscient. And then when one of you has finally either been totally beat down into admitting that the other one was right from the get go, that's when you win the battle. And I feel like even when you walk into the bank in Israel, you're like, I want to take out 20 bucks. And they're like, nah. And you're like, but I, but that's my money. Okay. Like, how, what is, is it like that? With your parents i
3: repeat the request or the question or whatever it is until i get the answer i want and whoever gives up first you know so it took them a year just
2: (laughs) it's a good method just
0: so low is just a is a just a segue to (laughs) cane
1: so so they eventually got you a guitar did you did they also get you lessons or how did you actually learn how to play
3: yeah, it was like that. They were like, yeah, we wouldn't get you an electric guitar because it's expensive unless you take lessons. But we fair. And then it was uh, my dad is a musician, so he wanted me to study with his friend uh, who is like a super, super hardcore jazz guitarist. Wow. And- I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. And um, and his friend was like, well, I'm not going to take money from you. And my dad was like, Well, I'm not gonna um, let you do that for free. So they were like arguing like that for a few months.
0: <laughs> and then an like, so Jewish problem.
3: <laughs> I want your child to learn
0: from you. Okay. Well, I wanna pay you. No. I can't do it if I don't pay you. And then meanwhile you're over here not learning guitar. <laughs>
3: that that was like that for a little while, but until I started, like I actually started been like about a year I think and that's it. And I started taking lessons um with a teacher. He wasn't like rock and metal or anything like that. So he actually like taught me jazz too. Wow. You know so jazz 13th was chord? your
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask it, was that your like early training was jazz or did like what style of guitar lessons did you end up taking? Yeah, and I only got like a uh, nylon string, you
3: know, like a uh, classical guitar
1: so uh, it's a good starting that's
2: a good starting point, no that's though. that's the best yeah.
0: way that's like literally telling people that they should start with like p90x first before you go to planet fitness
3: i had to like show my parents like that i'm sticking to it before yeah. or, like they get like an electric one and then so i played that for like a year and i played like a bunch of jazz standards yeah pretty much like the whole real book on Oh. Yeah. That's so that's funny you right. said you you, wow. you
0: started with jazz because most of the people that we've spoken with start with rock and then they go to jazz. Myself included. In fact, jazz mystifies me whereas <laughs> I think that that's really interesting that you started with jazz, especially considering that in Israel, you know, obviously you're very limited as far as like you can't just go and say, "Hey, can you teach me the Van Halen stuff?" It's like, "No, you're going to learn jazz." Like, do you feel like that's really helped your playing?
3: Guitar playing, no, but like my musicality or whatever you call it, like. Probably just the theory, the understanding. What I want to do with guitar, you know, like technically, no, I still had to like practice some sweeps. It doesn't help me like to know what chord I'm playing and what notes.
2: Yeah. So the technique came separately, but the actual theory and knowledge from the jazz has helped out
3: yeah it was super weird it was like super weird
1: yeah that's that's so unusual that's incredible but so i read that you you went to berkeley eventually so how how did you go from early school music berkeley boston yes so how how did that happen
3: so i basically i was like getting up one morning and i was like okay i'm moving to the states i don't care (laughs) wow (laughs) that's that's incredible (laughs) and and then i found out berkeley are auditioning for scholarship a couple of weeks later so that was my basically my only way to even like take a first step because mm-hmm. i had like no money to you know pay tuition that's like crazy amounts in like israeli currency
2: yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah even if from here. Yeah, it's, it's
0: like $47,000 a semester or something like no, that. No,
1: education is insanely expensive here.
0: Yeah, especially Berkeley.
1: Yeah, so I couldn't afford it and I was just, all right, so
3: what do I do? I was already like living my life and already, you know, having everything there. Um, my apartment, my cat, um, <laughs> all in Tel Aviv. And I didn't want to just move for three months and then have to go back because I got like no visa, so that was basically
1: all right. Sign up for some school and then you get or 90
0: day fiance
1: K <laughs> yeah, visa that one- Well, that's <laughs> the modern version. This is back in the day when people actually had to do something to come here
3: That's what my grandma always whispered like, "Yes yes. yes, yes, yes.
0: find a nice Jewish doctor. <laughs> he can take care of you, and then this guitar <laughs> thing will be fine. <laughs>
2: so you so, you auditioned for Berkeley, and i'm I'm guessing it went well, yeah,
3: yeah, I got like I got the scholarship, and that's it, and then I, I only had to pay for like living here,
1: and uh that's
0: literally like a whole school by itself that's still a lot yeah. yeah,
1: I mean that's that's really yeah, brave of you to go across the world and go to a place where you speaking English already a little bit or yeah, 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 yeah. okay, okay, so that that's good. Makes what, it a little So, easier. how
0: how did you like it at Berkeley? Did, did did you? What's your thoughts on going to a music school?
3: I don't know. Um.
0: Honestly, because my friend, I'll start with my opinion because I'm a Jew and I have to cut people off. My friend is sending his son to be a music teacher, um, and it's a he's a quarter mill in, and he's like, God, give my son a chance, and I believe that, great. But he's like, oh, oh why wouldn't you just go to Bridgewater State? and and get a music degree. And I understand that if it's like Berkeley versus, uh, you know, uh, generic school here, that it makes a difference. But to be a music teacher, you're never going to make money ever. Whether you're from Berkeley, Harvard, like literally 17 PhDs, you're not. And- if you want to learn music and if you're passionate about anything like it's art or music, you will learn it because of your passion. And we have the internet now. So where Nudo Betancourt laments that he had to actually learn his techniques just by learning them on the street. You can just go right online right now. And if I want to learn what Shanee does, I just go watch her video and stare at her hands a million gazillion, gazillion times. And I can do it too. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> is it worth the money, because you got a scholarship. So, like, that's kind of awesome. But there's a lot of people paying crazy amounts of money. Would you say you'd rather $120,000 or a quarter million dollars or go to music school?
3: Well, me personally, no, for sure, no. <laughs> uh, so, I think, like, you don't need a music degree. What can you do with, like, really with a music degree?
2: Ask Siobhan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but she's, I I do agree with her because if you take a lot of people, like having a music degree on paper isn't going to guarantee you a gig or security or a job. It's not like you submit your resume to a It's like having a sociology degree
0: from Harvard. Like, Yeah, it's really
1: all based, and it's not even based on whether you can perform. So I totally relate. You know, it's like, you can be great, but then there are all these other elements. Like, oh, like, even us, like me having gone to classical music school, like none of us in my class realized how important it would be to understand, like, technology. And using audio processing software, like so all the people that just Thank didn't God adapt for it, Brock. well, no, seriously, so <laughs> in a lot of ways, I got lucky, you know, I was always into different types of music, but yeah, I mean, music school is always most schools, I guess, are always like ten years behind what the actual climate is going to be when you get out. You know what I mean so yeah. i so I understand what you're saying did did you did you enjoy being there? Were there any like positive things that you took out of? going to music school or did it help you at least integrate into like a community of musicians no (laughs) (laughs) so So you weren't a fan down (laughs) weren't a fan
3: oh no not really
0: (laughs) so what was your experience saturday nights in faneuil hall with all the cool boys
3: um no because when you go to college at 26 and you're sitting in class with 17 and 18 year (laughs) olds, That's kind of like, first of all, like you're somewhere else in your life. And second of all, so like socially, I didn't really like hang out with like my classmates
1: after that makes sense. (laughs) I would like. (laughs) more I know that's
3: kind of mean but I would just like think wow like I was so different at that age like in Israel but no I it was so that part was kind of like weird I have maybe three or four close friends um, who are actually from the like a bit older students Um, but Socially was, you know, not very and besides that, I also learned sound engineering and I suck at it. (laughs) (laughs) And halfway like into like my degree is actually in sound engineering. Like first of all Oh my god. No way <laughs> in hell I'll ever go clean toilets for six months before someone like <laughs> let, let me touch pro tools like I <laughs> that much.
2: Oh man, Why'd well you, that yeah that makes you know, sense. What 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 inspired you to go for sound engineering? Was that and why I'm, don't you have a microphone? For fuck's sake!
0: <laughs> you sound engineer from
2: Berklee School of Music doesn't
0: have a goddamn microphone. At first, I'm like, "Oh, she's adorable. She's a great guitarist." Of course, she's like a luddite, and which, by the way, in English means you don't fucking know how to use technology. But nah, you got a degree in it. No microphone. Shame on you, in shame. My, I got like uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, honors, like.
3: Really- <laughs>
1: so you're saying you aced all your classes but you yes, don't believe I, you're good at this
3: I, 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 <laughs> all i know is to plug my guitar record, get it to sound decent enough to my ears at least and
1: pass it on
2: it's a glowing review for berkeley's uh college of sound engineering <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no but back to the question though so what uh, what inspired you to go for that like was it a practical decision like they had scholarships for that specifically or did you actually want to go into sound engineering at the time
3: yeah i figured like i might as well learn something new um mm-hmm. and i was also very shy and kind of you know just
0: yeah so why not be an engineer
3: <laughs> yeah why not nobody wants I, to hang I, out, I, with I you know, out with us know, <laughs> Than uh, perform and play guitar so yeah I, I was it was kind of like all right i learn something new Cause I already knew like all the core music classes, I tested out of that and a lot of like guitar stuff that they teach you there. So I kind of tested out of that. And I figured I'm already here. I got to like have a degree.
0: So why don't you have a microphone?
3: (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I never needed one until now.
1: (laughs) Well, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you're you're an active guitar player, so that's understandable um
3: so but i learned how to kind of like you know do my videos record myself uh produce a little bit i just i suck at mixing like if there's a drum kit involved now i hear I, you like oh yeah it- <laughs> i mean i'm <laughs> yeah, like yeah except
0: cory cory like literally sends out like his mixes to like actual analog tape to fatten them up but, oh yeah i just saw uh, i just I just did a little thing. He's got like a buses already set up on like separate machines so they can yeah, just take the like... drums that I set and then it just like make them immediately sound awesome. He's like, oh, here's your push up bra, your makeup, <laughs> your, your filter, and like sends it back to me as a two track mix. What do you think, man? He doesn't even ask me that. He just sends it back to me. Oh, no big deal. So the bass is a little bit loud. And I'm like, what the fuck is up with these drums? They sound amazing. <laughs>
2: oh, go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and he plays bass. Yeah. The
2: end. All right. So, but back to Shani.
1: So, okay. So um, now I don't remember where we were.
2: <laughs> All right. So, so Berkeley, you know, was a swing and a miss. Uh, when did you decide to then head over to LA?
3: Two days before my classes actually like, ended. <laughs> I went there and I learned a lot more, like at least valuable stuff for me in LA in like a few months there than in two years at Berkeley
2: that's kind of how it works
3: usually but, like the real world and not like, yeah. so let me say
0: yeah. in, in, in synopsis for those, <clears throat> what you're saying is if you just do it, the Nike trademark here, um, you could do it without having to spend $47,000 a semester in, and then plus Boston living costs, which are absolutely exorbitant to just be in a room with other musicians who don't make money either making art.
3: How much you wanted, I
0: guess. How much uh, did you want it?
3: Well, I guess I did a lot, like enough to, you know, to take all the shit that came like, along the way. Yeah.
0: Cause you, Cause you came from Israel. You said you wanted to play rock, but you had to sit through jazz. Like, oh my God. Like, that's <laughs> torture enough. Like, that's like waterboarding. Okay. And then meanwhile, <laughs> you're like, I don't have any money. I don't got, I don't get the shikaleem. That it takes <laughs> to live in boston because nobody does and then you're like ah whatever i'll audition i'll audition for these americans and they say you know what here's a crazy scholarship and you go there and you're like ah i'm antisocial so i'll be an engineer and <laughs> you you kill it and then you already know this rome is burning there's no reason to be in boston Everyone that ever matters in L.A., so I'll just make sure I'm living there, as opposed to all the people that leave Berkeley, going, "What do I do now? What school am I going to go teach like vocal instruction at? How am I going to take like this this degree and you're do anything?" Supposed other to, you're than supposed go- to
2: drop out and form a band. Well, that's I think, what before I'm saying. You you're supposed to drop out, but I feel like
0: leaving before you're even graduating is almost yeah the next level because you're successful now. What like well, you're so successful that you're being paid to do nothing because it's COVID.
2: <laughs> but one week want to go back. So, uh did you have something lined up in LA uh already or was it just like I need to get to LA and figure this out?
3: Yeah, it was like it's called as fucking monster. <laughs> anymore not even one minute. I agree. Like, I graduated. I actually like asked all my teachers to take the final exam a week earlier. So, technically like days before the semester officially ended already finished all my class my final exams everything and i just uh i had a friend in la who had a room uh like his roommate uh just left so i moved there and
0: hold on so let's just slow this down again just like like siobhan coming to my house just like not even knowing who i am you're just like yeah whatever i already moved from israel to boston Had a full scholarship to Berkeley. I'm the fuck out of this goddamn cold ass motherfucking town. Uh, You got a room in LA? Shit, I think Paul Gilbert's out there. Why don't I just go that way? Is that where we're at right now?
1: Yeah, it was like that. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, there's this, you're so downplaying this story because it's so incredible. I mean, this is like the level of very, very un
0: Israeli of you. I feel like Israelis are very dramatic.
1: No, but it's a really hard move to go to a city where you maybe know one person or maybe know people, and you're trying to go into music, which is already a really unstable career path. And you know, it's it's hard. I mean, that's like that's really, really you know, amazing that you did that. So, but you obviously had a vision. So you moved to L. A. and you know had some knew somebody got a room, stayed there. So what happened from there?
3: I've been told like basically I was gonna say yes to anyone is gonna agree to play with me because. You know, I've been told, like, it's a, like, it's nothing like Boston, especially not like Berkeley, where everyone is, like, students and everything. And people don't really give you any chances unless they know you or they have, like, some reason to. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
3: So, basically, I said yes to every gig that came my way. And there's some trash Uh,
1: (laughs) what were some of those early gigs like like what do you have any examples of like something funny or crazy or like stupid
3: I actually auditioned for like I don't remember I think a friend told me like uh, someone is looking for a female guitarist for something and they are doing auditions and so I said, all right, I'm going to go in audition. It was maybe like the first or second audition. And it was like this weird ass model whose dad was. I don't know what he was doing. I guess he was producing her. Oh, uh, one kind of those of way yeah.
0: some, um, some really rich American that just wants to pretend that they're a rock star, but they're not. And now yeah. hiring a The band example like of like-
1: someone who probably has never left L.A. Yeah. <laughs> I get like I don't think she even sings or or, or does <laughs> anything like
3: in music. She was very, very pretty, and um I just come there and they audition and and like the audition is basically like they tell me to jam over something, and then she asked me like, if you were a vegetable or a fruit or a food, what food would it be?'
0: A kumquat. What? I'd be a kumquat. Is that a question? Oh, I'm sorry. That was part of the story. I've been ready so, to answer that question what? for so long.
2: What did, What? What did you answer?
1: <laughs>
2: I think I would have turned around and walked out if they said that to me.
1: I would just be like, why am I here? I'd be
2: like, oh, I get it now. Bye.
3: Yeah, so that's how it's like, all right, all right. So, and I'm like all dressed up, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm totally like in the wrong place. First off,
0: I I totally adhere to to the statement. Like when someone shows, tells you who they are,
1: believe Believe them,
0: them. you you know what I mean? So when someone immediately goes, I'm crazy (laughs) and you're like, oh, you're crazy. You know what you do? You go crazier, but with a straight face. You gotta keep a straight face. So ask me that question. Give me the vegetable question.
3: Food, any food in the world? What would it be?
0: Beef Wellington. <laughs> no, I want to tell you why. Because first off, there's a lot of layers to me. So there's phyllo, and phyllo's Greek. Because you know, I'm, I'm I'm actually so my my blood's Greek, and it's arguable. But it's kind of like it could be a dessert, but it's also kind of hearty. I wish people listening could but underneath, see. There's <laughs> duck liver. Now, I love liver, and I think the liver does a lot for you, especially if you're an alcoholic. So, symbolically, <laughs> metaphorically, allegorically speaking, the liver <laughs> layer of. That's like subcutaneous to that. Like, I could go on for a long time.
1: And I probably would do that until they were all sufficiently creeped out. That and actually then- would have been a very good reaction to this particular person. You probably yeah. would have got the gig. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you were there. So like we were looking for a
2: female guitarist, but you you know what? We like your spunk. I am female.
0: <laughs> the say with a straight face. That's the point. Is like you just You didn't know that? I just yeah. used the girls' room. <laughs>
1: so okay so obviously at a certain point you landed on a gig or an audition or something that led to another thing or you know what what would you consider was like the first big I don't want to say big break but like first exposure to something that was like on the path of what you wanted to do
3: well I got to play like I played some female tribute bands uh that was a fun way to make money honestly because
0: what bands let's what what tribute bands did you play in
3: I played uh, with um, the Iron Maidens. I subbed twice for... Uh, Woo! Courtney. Yes. Who's uh, your
0: favorite maiden guitarist? My
3: favorite maiden guitarist? Yeah, if you're I'm,
0: learning a solo from Janet Gers, I'm, Adrian Smith, I'm, I'm, or I'm, Dave who Murray. My, who?
3: I, Adrian Smith, that's who I played. All that's my the- boy! <laughs> okay, so the Iron Maidens. Um, I played uh, with uh, Guns N' Roses tribute bands earlier called Paradise Kitty. Um <laughs> Meow. <laughs> I like this laugh. And um I uh almost What's your
0: favorite guns tune to perform?
3: None of them. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> what? Let's move on. Oh, <laughs> okay. shit.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Apparently there's some PTSD. I feel like every time we talk about Guns N' Roses, other than with David Abruziz, there's like, a, it's like, we can't talk about this. Not only can we not talk about Axl Rose, we can't even talk about the band Guns N' Roses.
1: All right, so moving on from Guns N' Roses, we don't need to talk about it. So, okay, so what what else?
3: I think that's pretty much it. Some, like, uh, local bands with some original songs. Um Nothing that was very interesting, nothing that was um like at some point I even I was living like in a shitty apartment and I had like three roommates and they were all assholes. Sorry for saying you can edit it out. <laughs> uh, no, please. But- hell? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like only finding gigs that I don't really Like, then I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? And, Mm -hmm. and I'm also like, um, yeah, so I'm just like, it doesn't even pay my rent. I can't, I can't even finish like the month. So I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why did I just like trash my life in Israel? (laughs) And I was teaching guitar and it was very comfy, you know, like I did make some money, like but in Israeli currency, so you're still right. And um, and I'm like, okay, so what I need to kind of like find how to, I don't know, like go like one step beyond because this is not going anywhere. Like what do I do? Mm-hmm. And that's when I uh, kind of, um, I I heard about an addition for Cirque for a different gig. Uh, for a different show and I auditioned for that and then they kind of liked me like with my audition I didn't get that audition when you Uh, say
0: Cirque you mean Cirque de Soleil yeah (laughs) sorry not everybody's in like it's like you know like (laughs) gen pop yeah like if you're in gen (laughs) pop you don't know know that you're in the gen pop which is is general population (laughs) I didn't know that because I've always been in gen pop until I met Siobhan (laughs) And now I'm backstage. <laughs> so she It's not because I'm cool. It's because she won't go out otherwise.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So anyway, it's so- so okay. So you, you, you took this audition. They liked you.
3: Yeah, and they kept, like, offering me auditions and by email. Like, just, like, sending me a random email saying, And would you want to be a Doppler for this and this production? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just, like, take me from this fucking hole I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then they are like, all right, then, like, send us a video audition. And that's what I do. And I never hear back. And a couple months later, it's like the same circle starts again, but not a word. And it's like also you see with the email address to complete different person. So
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> you know you don't hear back, but they just like a uh, couple months, few months later, they offer you this like something else. Until that uh, Michael Jackson show came, when that came first, I texted Neely and I was like, hey. Did you Lily
0: Brosh? Just so you know, her roommate was in that um, the Cirque du Soleil, Michael Jackson, and now has left, not because of any other reason than she's now with Danny Elfman.
3: I texted her to make sure I'm not like stealing her gig. Uh, Wouldn't do that for many people, but uh, yes, (laughs) so uh, once she said uh, no, I left already. I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. And then I um I send the video and I was like, I don't care if I hear back this time. At this point I was just like, I'm just doing that video and whatever. You're emotionally
0: removed. You're like, I'm I'm used to living in a shithole in LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've given yeah. up all Different. the cushy whatever in the land of milk and honey and olives on the side of the street uh, street. <laughs> everywhere uh, with, with great yeah. topography to live in the shithole that is L.A. It's over for me.
3: And uh, then they called me like, and they said, like, we want to bring you to Vegas to do an audition at the theater. Uh, so I came to Vegas and that was like the day before I played in Washington with the Iron Maidens because I slept for Courtney. And then I came back to wa- from Washington to L.A unpacked and repacked and like the next morning i was already in vegas and that was that was a very cool weekend or week whatever it was and then i did the audition for i i got there um i watched the show the night before the audition and then like the the next morning i auditioned um it was really like, I was so nervous <laughs> and the funny thing is, so there's the heels thing. All right. Cause we play on like youth.
2: the, high, the heels? Yeah, so, high yeah.
3: heels, like golden. So they want you to, um, they want you to, come and bring heels and audition on heels and play like the whole solo on heels. And they tell you like during the audition, like, can you walk here from like, while you're playing Can, this you, can you chase,
0: can you chase Michael Jackson around like Steve Stevens <laughs> uh, in your heels?
3: So I didn't have like heels and right before, like between the flights I go, uh, to Target, like (laughs) just around the block, okay? And I just grabbed whatever highest heels that were on the shelf. I didn't even try it. I just like went to whatever is like was my size. Totally
0: not an American female.
3: And it was (laughs) such ugly shoes. And I was like, oh my God, okay. And I'm gonna leave the tag and I'm gonna return that thing because I don't even I don't I don't even want to donate that. It's so ugly, okay? <laughs> return it to wherever after I finish that audition, and uh, and then I go do that audition, and I I didn't notice until I left, like I totally left the theater, but I was bleeding. Oh. Like all over like those wheels, so i just trashed him but <laughs> that's wow.
2: that's pretty rock and roll
0: i didn't yeah. so there's a, there's a few things we've learned about this so one always be ready we've talked about that yeah. because you went from the iron maidens to uh, to vegas just like boom look at he split then you went to target and got disgusting shoes now we should always know that fashion trumps comfort so if you're going to fucking buy shoes buy some goddamn shoes that are worth bleeding for because you just told me that you want to donate that shit and what i took from that story was why didn't she get fucking good shoes because if you're gonna return them or if you're gonna bleed on them let them say valentino
1: so obviously you got the gig so you know you, you they what happened when you left you know you you did your audition on stage and then how long was it before you found out the results
3: a month or two yeah yeah Wow! Now, were okay. they putting you
0: out uh, up in in Vegas? Or were you back in L.A.?
3: It was like the minute I finished the audition, I packed my guitar and went on the flight, went back home. We're like bye! Wow! Yeah, no, that was the flight. They actually booked it like that, so I was like, I didn't even
1: have too much time. So you went back and just kind of resumed life in L.A., and then obviously you found out that you got this. So at that point, you just moved to, to Vegas?
3: Yeah, they um, they said like they'll be putting me to live in a hotel for the next uh, for the first month or two and like you have two months, about two months or a month of training. It's mostly makeup training <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which is like it's very cool because you do the makeup yourself.
1: Uh, oh wow, that I didn't know that. That's interesting. And- Yeah, so you train, you get to know the
3: stage, the whole production. It's like a really, it's huge. You know, so many people involved and um, like- Do you have
0: fun walking around with your wireless pack just shredding through the giant PA system? Yeah,
3: yeah. And you get, uh, it was my first time uh, working with in-ears and uh, wireless uh, like that. And- um, you don't have to worry about switching you know you have like axe effects that's mm-hmm. connected to a time code uh so, it so automatically- do they have
2: all your tones set for you and everything or-
3: yeah and and you can change anything you know yeah. it's like, it changes so your guitar to- tech is literally like
0: 512 protocol
2: yeah essentially everything's locked to to a click track including the mm-hmm. lights and the and the sounds and everything yeah that sounds that sounds nice you don't have to worry about you know Pedal tapping. <laughs> yeah,
1: you get spoiled. Well, it probably probably works well in Cirque du Soleil because it's a massive production. Brock has the same thing with uh, Star Set. Everything's in his Kemper is like whatever time coded, so that mm-hmm. the th- things switch. He but, would. Well, yeah, but then there's a problem if you don't have a guitar tech and it doesn't switch properly. <laughs> does he then it you're in the, the wrong same, tuning. Does he
0: hook it into the <laughs> same computer? He hooks your BMW in to like reset uh, the time code so that all your stuff turns <laughs> off. <laughs>
1: Not even going to answer that. (laughs) But anyway, that's, I mean, that sounds amazing. So you went from, you know, being in kind of what you considered a shitty situation in LA. She was living in a in in LA
0: with a bunch of fucking yeah. roommates with a bunch of animals in the uh, LA is <laughs> really nice in a lot of places. And then there are a lot of places that are not nice. Like there's called Holly weird for a bunch of reasons. And they have a bunch of scary people that live there and do things. And when you have a climate that's conducive to people that don't have homes, which is a very sad condition and I I'm not making fun of it, but there's some fucking weird ass motherfuckers that have lived that way for a very long time. Time roaming around as denizens of the streets of L.A. and she's begging because you know what? In Israel, it's really nice. They call it Yerushalayim Shel Zahab because Jerusalem, everything is actually made up like golden stone, and it actually it looks from the hills, it's beautiful. Everything there is beautiful, and then all of a sudden, she's in L.A. where you're you think there's palm trees and all that, and there's just a vines and a Starbucks, and a bunch of fucking lighters on the side of the street, and you're playing at the fucking Whiskey-A-Go-Go next to some, like, fucking crazy dance party EDM thing that's out around the corner. Meanwhile, you're playing Blink-182 to nobody. And then she gets a call from Vegas.
1: Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Thanks, Benny, for that.
3: No
0: problem. All right,
1: so you get the gig. You're in Vegas. All right, so so what was it like? How was that, like, getting adjusted? What You know, how... How is the show? How is Cirque du Soleil? How are the people like, what's it like?
3: Uh, It's really amazing. It's like family, first of all, like they really make you feel at home and and right away, like how they get you, like the whole cast and um, like the stage management. Everyone is just like taking care of you. So I was. uh, First, I was like, wow. First time, like, <laughs> someone's not trying to screw me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, so... Um, I don't
0: know that. I don't know that.
3: Um, But they are, like, really amazing. There is, like, the best athletes and acrobats in the world uh, on every Cirque du Soleil show. And these, like, us musicians are, like, Who are on the shows are nothing compared to what these guys do Um, so that's like that's a real thing like the musicians are just like a little decoration I think
0: what's it like Uh, to to interact with those type of people I mean is there do they have is there a certain person because if anyone to paint a picture have seen Cirque du Soleil you have um, early, uh, so one of my, my, my friends, Michael, is uh, an aerialist. Um, he was on the German dance team. He was with Britney Spears and Justin Bieber, but now he's with Cirque du Soleil or was with Cirque du Soleil for a while. And um, you have to be completely crazy. He can hold his whole body out to the side, like no big deal, could do like, act, like literally looks like a Mortal Kombat, but like in real life where he can like flip and just like jump off things and then do sash figures with his, his, his whole body and then turn into a chair with another person holding him and like flip down and his calisthenic abilities as far yeah, as being able incredible. to like, oh, his yeah. core strength is unbelievable. And you see these people, they're like magicians, they're contortionists, they're like total, like American athlete, not American athlete, they're just athletes like, what they're are they impressive. like and what, what's the family yes. like to be in? And what do they look at musicians like? Because I find there's a lot of people that are athletes like Polly Calafiore, who's blown away by, Rock stars or whatever, whereas like we're blown away by him as a as an Olymp, olympian, you know what I mean, or a possible olympian. What do you th- what were they like with musicians? What was it all like? The dynamics backstage at Cirque des Soleil, Michael Jackson. Well,
3: they're super sweet and like from the very first minute you get there, they're they're excited to have someone new because. Because it's the people like you work with every day. That's the people like you get. Because they were
0: sick of Neely and they're like, ah, oh, now there's other girls here and she's cooler.
3: No, and there was actually uh, one uh, one more girl, Shirin. Uh She's a great she girl. From
0: Hebrew, uh, from, from Hebrew? Is she from <laughs>
3: Israel? No, she's not. Uh, she is from uh, Sweden, I think. So
0: uh, again, we were saying this earlier, but Michael Jackson... What was the name of the girl that played with him in like the 90s with the crazy blonde hair? What was her name?
3: Jennifer from
0: Right. So Michael Jackson and then Orianti was playing, but what he did is like, was going to do his last tour. So now we have like a bunch of shred, awesome, and by shred, I mean just like fantastic female guitar players that have come down the line of Michael Jackson. I didn't
3: know that. I tip my hat to all of you. Thanks so much. (laughs) so uh it's really like it's really fun you just spend there so, like spend the whole day there um because it's two shows a day and it's so um uh like repetitive you know it's like it's basically a day job you get there at 5 five thirty p.m put your makeup on show starts and you play to shows so like you get friends with the people right away you know just like you're in each other's ass all the time <laughs> that's it super nice people uh super like uh inspiring kind of like to see people so many people who are so good at what they do and it's so unusual um because i mean they are way cooler like we can play guitar or 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 sing or play drums or do whatever but they do way cooler stuff they like bungee jump and flip <laughs> like according to the beat and and wow. like they they like the amount of physical effort they like they take they do like they have to take out on stage it's, it's like super cool Yeah.
2: what so, is it what's a typical schedule like for you is it is it how many shows a day and how many days a week?
3: It's two shows a day. Um one at 7 p.m. I can't believe I'm starting to forget it cuz it's been <laughs> like uh-huh. <laughs> so long since like since March basically when there's no shows. Yeah. Um so one is 7 7 p.m. and one is 9:30 uh, p.m. Uh and then that's it, and it's five days a week. And on busy times of the year, it's six days a week.
2: Wow! Wow! So this is this is kind of a, a different uh, world than than you know the standard touring act that you know has like you know a new show in a different venue, you know, all over the place. So um, how how do like rehearsals work? Is that something where you only rehearse when there's like a new element or a new member or are the performances becoming rehearsals because you're doing them twice a day, every day?
3: There is only rehearsals if something changes Mm. or if, uh, something needs to be like put in, you know, even like a new dancer or a new, um, you could be called for a rehearsal, just because there's someone new and he needs to know where is everyone is standing on stage at some moment at some on some specific track. Um, but there hasn't been like rehearsals on music because basically it's me and playbacks and mm-hmm. a singer who's sitting like on the moon that's hanging from the' <laughs> city she's there for like three hours and she's singing. Um, so this is basically a solo show with you and an iPod and a singer. <laughs> and an <laughs> iPod.
0: Yeah.
3: For a nice
0: iPod, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, this is how I know Cirque des Soleil makes so much money. They pay, they pay like the, the gymnasts and the aerialists or whatever, and then for the music, they're like, eh, we'll put a computer, but we'll make it look live enough. We'll get this pretty girl that can shred on guitar, and then this awesome uh,
1: singer, and that's the band. So we were you were talking about rehearsal, preparing for shows. What was it like when you, you know, you told us a little bit in the last episode, I believe, about, you know, you showed up and you had a lot of like training on just how to prepare yourself, like your makeup and everything. What in terms of the music, like what was rehearsal like or preparation leading up to your first show?
3: Basically, like maybe one rehearsal or two for each song I'm playing.
1: How many songs? Uh,
3: seven. Okay, (laughs) songs, not even full songs. Uh, And um, so it was more like of the rehearsal was not about the music. Yeah, it was not about me, like rehearsing how to play it or, you know, it was me like getting one time to play it in an empty theater to maybe feel a bit more comfortable and at, f- at first, like the first shows that I played, like the first week or maybe two, were oh my god, these shows were scary as fuck and <laughs> and they were like I was so nervous. These shows were not my best shows. Um, <laughs> but did they get
0: mad at you? Do they even know if you fuck up, no. or they're just like the aerialist did something bad in the third song and they have to readjust something?
3: No, and also, like, if there is a, the sound crew is also watching you. Uh, so if you break a string, for example, in the middle of the solo uh, or in the middle of the show or anything like that, you will turn your guitar down and turn up, like, the backing track. Mm-hmm. You know? So
0: basically, if, like, so- if you, you just have to play air guitar to your, to your own track if you fuck up a string.
3: Yeah, but like you, it's not, you don't have that like set in, in your head when the first time you like, fuck up. shouldn't you? Cause like, if you have a whammy, right?
0: Let's like just say you have a bad saddle or something like that. You're like, fuck it. I don't want to learn in the closet. Not tonight. Boom. Do a dive bomb. It breaks off. They're like, oh, we have to do the, we have to make all of it a backing track. And then all you got to <laughs> do is mine. Cause I could be an air guitarist for Michael Jackson.
3: One time when i broke a string on um uh, uh on the last note last like <laughs> beat of the last band of uh, the solo of the last show
2: so you're playing you said seven songs is that the set yeah so seven songs twice a night for five sometimes six nights a week um there's like there's a balance between like different kinds of shows. Uh, you have people that play like, like what I, what I do a lot. I do like the, the three hour bar and club gigs where you're playing, you know, 60, you know, 50, 60 set list. And it kind of changes every week. Um, you have like Siobhan who's going around touring on like a, a headliner set, which wh- how long is that an hour, hour and a half?
1: Yeah. About an hour and a half.
2: Um, and you do that for a few months, maybe at a time Yeah, uh, and, and bands like that, I know from talking to people is at, by the end of that tour, y- you don't want to hear those songs anymore. So how do you feel after like several weeks or months of playing that set list? How do you, do you, how do you keep it fresh and how do you keep from like going out of your mind?
3: Some, some, like some songs I can do my own thing, like my own solo over it. Some songs like beat it uh you gotta play. You can not make your own solo. You gotta yeah. legendary
0: <laughs> you can't one. Fuck so. with Frankenstein. <laughs>
3: um so you know, some songs I kind of like do my own thing, which I tried to do um what the person that was there before me did, like something in the same spirit. And um What song was that? Even Black or White, like all songs when I just got there I just uh kind of like heard the recordings uh because actually greg Howe recorded all the guitars for them all the guitar tracks for us uh, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's
0: a nobody yeah. i didn't even know that greg Howe did that that's but crazy
3: they they did not give me those recordings <laughs> they gave me recordings of uh the first girl that did the music the girl that did that before neely did mm. uh, gina gleason she's uh i think that's her last name um And uh, so I never heard, like, Greg Howe's recordings. He's Uh, ridiculous. He's ridiculous. It makes so much sense. I only did later. Um, um, But I did, like, some similar stuff to
2: what I heard. So was there, like, a sweet spot where you said the first few performances, like, you were nervous as hell? So I'm guessing that, like, eventually it kind of becomes, you know, muscle memory, right?
3: Yeah. And also, like, with your nerves and how nervous you are. And like, I think first show. Right before the the solo, the pyro goes.
0: Yeah.
3: And I, I guess I jumped and I dropped the pick a um. second before. <laughs> oh, no. I dropped, and I can't even like stick around to look for it.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh, because like right now at this very moment in like two bars, I got to be stepping to the beat to the center of the stage and start like the solo. And that's like my second or first show
2: <laughs>
3: for like ever.
2: Yeah.
3: And I just dropped my pick and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so fuck, what happened? There's never been a bigger F word, like <laughs> 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 And um I was just like, what can I do? I'm gonna play the solo without a pick. Like half of it is tapping anyway. And it's just the ending that's gonna like sound a little bit bummer, but yeah, a little more legato. Uh, I got fire coming out of my guitar at the same moment. So, hopefully. <laughs> oh my god! So, hold on, but
0: this <laughs> is such a, a testament to being the right place at the right time because they don't give a fuck at Cirque du Soleil if you suck at it. Unless, like, because, unless you really, really make a thing and you're going up there and you're scared out of your mind. You drop your pick in the dark and what do you do? You're a professional. You go out there and you take your licks and you want know, to you know what? I bet you 98% of everybody, nobody noticed, except like maybe one nerd like me. She's like, why isn't she playing with the pick? He's Trevelo picking it at the end of the song.
1: Yeah, no, and adjusting quickly that that when she said she broke a string it reminded me of a story when I, you know, we have these interludes that the string players play and I broke a string like right at the end on of the cello? song before. <laughs> no, I like hit a half, like a note and somehow something on my bow like completely snapped one of my strings oh, wow. and I have this solo to play that's like up like kind of on one of the higher strings and it was the high string that broke oh, and I was like for a second, it was the same thing. It's like I had two bars to like decide what to do and it's like, um okay, am I going to like, just pretend that I'm doing something else and like not the normal solo. And I, I was like, no, I just like did it on the other string. But yeah, I mean, those <laughs> those moments are crazy. It seems to always happen when you don't want it to.
0: <laughs> I usually just yeah. yell at my brother and then make a scene in front of everybody and make an entire <laughs> club uncomfortable all at once. And my mom was like, we we, sh- we can't do this outside the house. They're going to start thinking about us. And then like our neighbors like, why did I come to the show? Like we put you on the list. Shut the fuck up. I even gave you a drink ticket.
2: So anyways, obviously that show hasn't been happening since what you said, March. So like, but I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll be almost a year. Um, so what are you, what are you doing? What are you, are you doing yeah. to keep busy?
3: <laughs> been doing some YouTube covers. Um, I was lucky to take part in uh, Ellison's last release, uh, no cover. David, I mean, Elson. David Ellison from
0: Megadeth. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. How
1: how did that happen? Because obviously you were a fan growing up and, you know, how did he find you? Or like, how did this connection get made?
3: Uh, I think a couple of years ago. um, Yeah. When uh, when I first uh, subbed for CC for the maidens, um, that's kind of how I don't that connection was made, like just on Instagram. Um. And then, um, after when actually, when I just started with Cirque, uh, he had the chance, like he almost had a chance to come see me play, but it didn't work out like last minute, which I'm actually happy because it was the first two weeks. So, (laughs) you know, probably turn out for the best. Um, but, um, yeah. And then basically last, um, when was it June? Yeah, last June. Um, he just uh, te- like texted me. Well, first he texted me to like ask me to take part in uh, schools out. That was like to help uh, teach kids uh, that were uh, like displaced from school activities uh, because of COVID. Uh, but then a couple a couple months later. Uh, he just called and he said, Hey, did Andy talk to you about, uh, taking part, like, uh, playing in no cover and like a minute, five minutes earlier, five minutes, like earlier, Cirque du Soleil. Like, we're going bankrupt. We won't be back until next year. That's in June, right? And I'm like, <gasps> you know, we are in this quarantine for three months. I think I have a feeling <laughs> they will be back soon. Like, I think it's about time. Like, I had no idea. They had a lot of fun. Just like every, you know, live
0: uh, company venue, all that. are sure, having financial yeah. problems because what they were doing to make ridiculous money is now immediately just halted. Because the world had to stop. You know, and it's crazy. And like no one in our time, um, unless you're like alive in like nineteen what, ten, eleven, has has seen something. <laughs> no one with
1: a podcast. Crazy yeah. like
0: this. Yeah. No one with a podcast, you know, has seen Haley's comment. Um, so I think it's it. first off, it's just completely crazy because I think one of the things that's very interesting is we all come from very, very different musical worlds. Like Siobhan is classical she plays in a rock band but a lot of classical private performances and playing with an orchestra you are putting on like you came from Israel played some gigs in LA with some misanthropes but like whatever we don't know um and then like immediately went to a place where you you have uh your sounds being changed by a computer (laughs) you gotta move across the stage there's pyro you know, and, and you're literally playing holy music to people in front of large crowds multiple times a night. And then you have Corey who's playing 60 songs where, you know, you have a whole bar and some people, sometimes they're totally critically judging you. And other times it's like you could literally suck and it doesn't they're usually, matter. They're
2: usually blackout drunk. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but, but it's a lot of music to know and it's a, it's a whole different shtick where you have to be. Uh, you know in charge of it and then there's me who i basically sit in my studio all the time and like talk to people that are super talented and i go yeah you're (laughs) as good as bumblefoot who you play on uh or play on play with um on david ellison's record like if you couldn't get a a better guitarist he played we were graced to have him on lost symphony which we're in
1: but continue on with your story so he he contacted you to be on his project and how did it work from there (laughs)
3: It was a huge honor. It, it felt like surreal. I was like, "Is this like is this that even real?
1: <laughs> is this
3: even happening?" And uh, and then just a couple days later, he sent me the track, and I recorded like uh, recorded a solo over it. They just sent me like a playback, and then I sent um send the DI back. I was super like nervous because I was like. Oh my god, I'm gonna be like doing trade offs with Bumblefoot and Annie March and Jelly and, and they are amazing. I can't even you know, I was like, what am I gonna do? 'Cause I'm I'm not a very like fast player. I can not play super fast. Like my my alternate picking is not like though I don't have I can't do all those like super insane crazy speed like clicks and run.
1: Yeah.
3: No. I was like what what do i do because they are they are like truly like masters i can't even like understand what i'm hearing and and i'm just like all right i'm just should i like I'm, i'm gonna try play as fast as i can but also like you know keep it in taste like not just try to be so like all
0: that staying in your lane like
3: a 15 year old kid with some napkins you know and, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> well when you're playing against Bumblefoot, right and andy like you, you if you're gonna play fast you gotta play it right or otherwise those guys because bumblefoot doesn't even need frets he's just like siobhan he doesn't even need frets to the fucking yeah, i did rock like out. i did like you
3: know as fast as i could more or less it sounds yeah. great um musically. And then you I go check to- out. No cover. Yeah, Elson like, featuring Shanee. I'm playing whole notes
2: comparing to what they do. Yeah. Same. <laughs> it's good, though. It's a nice dynamic, you know, truly
3: really amazing.
1: Uh, no. So obviously, I'm. you know, you have a long career ahead of you and you've done some amazing things. You also have an EP, which I was checking out before we got on today. And it's it's super cool. Like I didn't really know what to expect, of course, you know, cause I don't cool. know a lot about you, but you know, I, I listened to it. and I'm like, wow, this is like, it's got like some cool, just like riffy stuff, like electronic, like very, uh, yeah. It's like super upbeat and interesting. Can you talk a little bit about like where, you know, how you got your ideas for that, when you did it, like where you were at in your life, like wh- how did this project, you know, how'd you decide to do that?
3: Um, I just like, I wrote these students and uh, like, totally different times and um, I don't know I think like the third one I probably did like when I was 16 or 17 just like grabbed the guitar and kind of like recorded that uh, and uh, then there was another I think like Space Cats I wrote like just like one riff a few years ago or like I don't know one riff on guitar, guitar pro, okay, like in yeah. MIDI, Uh, and then learn how to play it later. And um, the common yeah, method. Second part, like I just like I a- added like two seconds before I released the EP because I needed to finish the song and I was missing a song, but it was all written in uh, different times. And uh, for Berkeley, for the Final project for the uh, engineering, like sound engineering, kind of have to do like a short EP. So I. So that
0: was like how you graduated? Was that EP?
3: No. (laughs) 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 No. (laughs) So um, I took like three tunes. uh, Two were in the EP later, one was not. I uh, completely, totally ruined them. Uh, I did record, like, uh, recorded, like, in the Berkeley studios, which are, like, super high quality. Yeah, those things,
2: they're amazing. I've been so, in there.
3: Yeah, so that was, like, I got to use the gear and recorded like, in amazing studios. I'll never have access to, like, all the yeah. parts and whatever. Um, my uh, ex-boyfriend at the time, he's a drummer, so, and a really great one and uh he drummed he drummed uh on uh, one song and the second one he programmed to drum. Mm-hmm. um and then um I mixed it for my final project, and it sounded like shit the day I played it in class, which was the last class, I was like, "Oh my God, thank God this is the last class, <laughs> and I'll never have to like." face the shame of seeing these people ever again like after <laughs> after like sitting here and playing this horrible thing that I did myself and and that's like to my own music, you know? So yeah, that was terrible. But then I uh I don't remember I, I think I got like some beer or something for like, you know, the good intention <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> think the teacher was kind of like being nice to me and uh and that's it and then I did wanna i did wanna do the e p and finish it and make it right so when I wasn't under like the pressure of a last semester when I'm taking like fourteen credits and kind of like you know doing some i don't know the last semester was super busy, so I also like you don't have time to even like do all the homework and projects that you get. And even like, so uh, I wanted to do it without like the time crunch and without being stressed and without having to be graded for it. Well, maybe your professor was
0: nice to you about it because they saw that you learned the lesson by the look on your face. Because part of the lesson of doing that is, especially if you mix stuff, is playing it for other people And then being horrified. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially if when they're not even giving you the look of their disgusted as you are disgusted or think that they should be disgusted by your music yeah. and this especially when it's your own music because it's like if you put on your makeup all fucked up you walked out and just put your lipstick all over your face but it's your face it could have looked so much better but you decided to do this instead so like that's part of the lesson so I think that if you emoted with your face as, as you should have then your teacher was like yeah I don't need to beat her up she just literally beat up herself and said I gotta do this all over again and the fact that you went and did it all over again instead of just throwing it away which is also a totally valid thing to do because I do that all the time, um, <laughs> is very important for people to remember because, you know, you didn't, even though they were nice to you, you realized that it was about making it better and that it wasn't where it needed to be. And having that look of horror and that feeling of horror in front of people, I think is a super important uh, <laughs> a I'm horrified.
2: Experience. I'm horrified every time I send out a mix. So,
1: yeah. I terror. don't usually attempt to mix because when I do, my husband comes in and he's like, did you think this sounds good? And She's I'm like, I mean, Corey. obviously I did because Corey I'm playing it for you. Corey
0: sent a mix of one of our Slay at Home songs and it, I had done a different vocal thing and I was so horrified. I had to go home and re-sing it. I had to. I, had to. I literally like told my, my my friend, I was like, dude, I gotta go. I literally have to go right now. I, was like, Why? I have like, to go I need, sing I need to something. Sing, I need to sing Van Halen. He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, Corey sent me a mix and it bummed me re- out a lot
1: so like and then you i didn't went even th- try to make an excuse like oh i'm sick or like oh no. i i don't feel oh, good it's like go no go i need to leave right song. now to sing van halen it's i terrible. need to go right now
0: i cannot and not and not just that we my friend Golars sang the vocals and if i'm going to be trading off lyrics with that dude who's incredible you best believe like i better bring it but i was like mm-hmm. i was upset i was like you I can't even, I was mad at Corey that he even sent it out to everybody. But the mix could, sounded
2: great. <laughs> the mix did sound good.
0: He turned a blind eye. And, or maybe he just wanted to roast me in front of everybody. Be like, maybe Ben needs to go home. He elicited the response he expected from me, going, oh, I'll just send this to everybody on this chain, and then Ben I will got, just I run home got new home vocals and fix in four it. hours.
2: It was great. Oh, yeah, no, it was
0: immediately. I literally oh went gosh. home, I like had a panic attack, and then fucking sent um, you
2: everything. So I think, I think the, the EP now sounds great so that's good that 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 came about And i think everyone should check it out uh escape velocity um and, and before we wrap up because we're actually coming up cheney kimmelman to, yeah uh we cheney. actually dot kimmelman on youtube i wanted to get to this a little earlier but uh You know, like you said, the uh, the Cirque du Soleil gig isn't going to be your final resting place. Like, what's your dream gig? Like, what do you like really want to do with your career? Like, if you if you could have any gig in the world, would it be doing your original music, or would it be you know joining up with a with with a big touring act, or or where do you see yourself? You know, in an ideal ten year situation,
3: probably performing as much as possible. Like, and uh, I don't know if like always traveling, but I love performing like I love playing and being on stage so whether it's my music or other people's music is not as important to me as just to Mm
2: -hmm.
3: like have this experience and it's like what I what I want to be doing rather than I don't know being a recording like you know, like am recording guitarist or, or a teacher or um, I don't know, anything. Just like be on stage. So that's one thing I plan on finding a way to like keep doing.
2: So it sounds like you're in the right gig now.
3: <laughs> I have absolutely no choice. I'll teach some guitar too. I did that in Israel and I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. In in the US, like I'll be a waitress, but I won't teach guitar (laughs) in the US just because I did it so much in Israel and I was teaching first graders like the first. I've been there. How to hold like Tiny it, guitar. So that means that we that you you might,
0: totally teach me.
2: Then they yeah, never it,
3: wanted to play guitar. It's the parents who need like a, an hour, like, and did not have a babysitter, yep. so they. The like, same
2: reason I don't teach anymore.
3: Guitar lesson. I did that yeah. for eight years, six days a week, eight days, eight hours a day. <gasps> yeah, no ins- way.
2: That's insanity.
1: And that's, that's also insanity. why I don't take lessons
0: anymore, because I can't be around first graders. Every time I'm waiting to take a lesson, it pisses me off. I fucking hate those kids.
1: But that's no, but that's really interesting that you said that, though, because <laughs> I think that there are probably a lot of people who would say that 100 percent they want to be performers, yet they are teaching full time, you know, and I think it's really easy to get trapped because it is secure. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing that you'll go to when it's like, you don't know if you're going to get a gig and you think, OK, I'm going to teach. And then one thing leads to another. And all of a sudden you're teaching six days a week, eight hours a day, and you're too tired and you don't have the energy or the capacity to actually play and to put yourself out there. So, I mean, that was really important that I think you made that choice because that's probably part of the reason that you are a performer, you know? Yeah,
3: that was kind of like enough for me. And, and I know like in Israel, it's not like, like I had that security, but I didn't want to like, be comfy with that like you know because and kind i've of got to you gotta kind of like leave your comfort zone or whatever you call it to. yeah yeah because it, it like it's very easy to just get sucked into it and and it's commitment you know you you don't just like go for one lesson and that's it i mean it's it starts, you commit for a whole year if it's a school or a few months, if it's like... People have been telling me I should be committed all
2: of my life. Yeah,
3: I don't... People tell
2: you that? I don't get it either. <laughs> he, he had to fit one more awful joke in before the end of this episode. <laughs> 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 uh,
3: I don't want to do that, for
2: sure. Yeah, no, I think that's that's I, a good call.
3: I I have no choice, but
2: nah Thank stay away from it, it. yeah <laughs> it's a,
0: no it's a, I, it, I agree it's a Jenny, soul card. i appreciate i appreciate you coming into our danger zone um kenny logan style and letting us you know get <laughs> to know you and dissect you a little bit because i think it's first off super cool that you you because i've been to israel it's very far away and it's a totally different world out there and everything from culturally and all that so to, to to culturally uh the culture shock as far as uh, going from Israel to Boston and then the culture shock, even going from Boston to LA and then the culture shock from going from LA to Vegas. Cause everybody sure. knows that those different towns, I mean, I'm sure Siobhan's like, Oh, I've been there 37 times. So I totally <laughs> get it. Um, that's a lot. And the, and the fact that you went from thinking in Israel, I should do this to getting a scholarship to Berkeley school of music, to playing Michael Jackson, the King of freaking pop. In Cirque des Soleil, which is arguably one of the craziest shows that like everybody should go see, like, and I can't wait to this, all this shit's over and we can go because I I will be front row in Vegas. Like that's the next place I'm going when I can totally go. Yeah, I that's want, a, it's I, a
1: massive gig. That's amazing. That, I yeah. mean, that's just incredible. But it I, I, it's it, people say, hey, I, have you
0: made it? When have you made it? All this sort of stuff, and it's really interesting to be on this call with all these people because the way that you've made it's completely different than the way Siobhan's made it it's completely different than the way Corey hasn't made it the way I have not made it (laughs) yeah um and for us to be even have the the ability to understand what you're doing because what we try to do is help people that are listening uh, understand what it takes to make it and like you literally pointed at the television and just said, I need to do this and rock and roll and like ended up in Boston, said it's too cold here, ended up in L.A., played with the Iron Maidens, next day you're in Vegas, next day you're, you're back, then next day you're back to Vegas in like a month, and then you're playing the show. And they're like, here's the backing tracks, here's play Michael Jackson, and they don't even care if you have a pick. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no pressure at all.
1: It's so funny, though, because I feel like once you get that first big gig, that's when you feel like it just began. You know, at least that's how I feel. You know, it's like you have all this time that you struggle and you work really hard and you're like, OK, when am I going to get this thing that's going to make me I feel- can't wait
2: till it begins.
1: <laughs> yeah, is it called
0: Dustin no, let him know thing. that I need, I need to have my beginning?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's no, but that's that's what's cool. And, you know, I'm sure you'll have like a, a really long, successful career because I feel like, you know, one thing opens your eyes to the next thing and every experience you learn something. And it's it's so cool to learn from you and like the things that you've accomplished and gone through to get to where you are and where you're going. So yeah awesome to talk to you guys so much
3: for having me you are like all amazing this is you know like well like happy. this is the
1: socials we get ever like even in <laughs> right.
3: real life like
0: this is th- it <laughs> we don't we don't Corey and i don't i haven't seen cory in months in person like i called him today i was like maybe we should get together in a room and re- even you know with masks and like containment systems and shit um <laughs> to get the record done but I can I already hear his voice on the other side being like, but we can, we're, we're, we're getting successful at this, at working autonomous from one another. And <laughs> when people say like, this is the new way of life, I've adjusted to this way of life. And I'm hoping I don't ever have to go back to the other way of life because I don't know how to live it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> but uh, Escape Velocity by Shani Kimmelman uh make sure you guys check it out and uh make sure you check out her social media youtube Facebook, Instagram, Chinead all those dot things. Camelman
0: on YouTube. Go check her. You play some Racer X, which, by the way, is like, and you play on Paul Gilbert's guitar. I wanted to ask you that before you left. How the fuck did you get your hands on a 1989 prototype Paul Gilbert guitar? Because when I used to watch Paul Gilbert, the solo he plays, like the, the live solo in Japan or whatever, is on this exact um, guitar.
3: One yes. The exact same guitar and if you look at my video after i told you that and you look at the neck of the guitar you like it all makes sense you know you're like yep it's the exact same guitar how, how did it happen
0: how did you touch it's that guitar
3: mine. uh it belongs to an ex-boyfriend who was not a drummer who <laughs> was a guitar player apparently and um that was, like, way, way back, like, uh, I think uh, almost 15 years ago. That was a very
0: trusting boyfriend. I'd be like, if if Cindy was like, hey, can I play your Paul, Paul Gilbert guitar? I'd be like, why don't you ask if you could put my baby in boiling water? Oh What's wrong God. with you? Don't touch that sure thing. Don't even look at, don't look at it. <laughs> don't look at it. Don't look at it
2: on the baby boiling comment note uh, (laughs) (laughs) you guys have been
0: (laughs) on YouTube, yeah yeah, on on YouTube playing Paul Gilbert literally arguably the hardest craziest shit on the planet except she nails it nailed it 2020
2: thanks as always for checking out this episode of 2020 please go to 2020-d.com like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes this week's throwback clip is from episode number 15 with star sets adam gilbert check it out even the djs didn't know who we were we had a dj in johnson city missouri i wish we had video because this place looked like an old switchboard you're like operator i'll I'll pass you through you know you're like putting the things up and, and he's turning dials, cranking it up, and it's like the, the needles are twitching, and it's finding. the I, th- I can't, th- this is awesome. I can never forget this. And he sits down, he's like, all right, welcome to 107.9 The Buzz. Uh, we're here in Johnson City with uh, a band. What's your guys' name? we like, <laughs> we're Star Set. <at. laughs> <laughs> all right, well, this is Dave at 107.9 The Buzz, and here's a band called star set playing a song all right um one <laughs> two you know we're like yeah. you don't even know like <laughs> any, he doesn't even care <laughs>